Hey, it's Mistress Carrie reporting for duty from MCHQ for episode 45 of the Mistress Carrie podcast. This episode of the podcast is sponsored by Digital Federal Credit Union, better known by everybody by now as DCU. And DCU believes that financial education empowers individuals to achieve their goals and to improve their financial footing. And that is why for a second straight year, DCU is sponsoring EverFi's Financial Literacy B. It's an opportunity for students to have some fun and, more importantly, learn about important financial concepts, all from the comfort of their own home. In just 30 minutes, students can take part in short interactive online lessons to help them better understand how to save, how to budget, and how to invest in their future. Plus, they have a chance to win up to $10,000 in college scholarships. Now, the B runs through April 15th. So for more information, visit dcu.org slash financial B. This episode of the podcast is also sponsored by mistresscarry.com, which is where you can find every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast with all of the situation reports that come out every weekday and give you all of your rock news and your music headlines in under five minutes. Plus, you can watch all of the episodes of Cocktails in the War Room, all 126 of them, starting March 14th of last year. You can check out the events calendar, my photo galleries, my blog, and of course the online Mistress Carrie store, where you can get awesome new baby onesies, perfect for this Mother's Day, which, by the way, is coming up. So just go to mistresscarry.com. Now, speaking of cocktails in the war room, one of my first guests in the war room was Mark LaBelle from Dirty Honey. And on this episode, I got to catch up with Mark and John, who are very excited about the release of their self-titled debut full-length album, which comes out next Friday, April 23rd. I could not be happier for these guys. When their EP first came out and they came on my show to play acoustic, I told them then, and I'm telling them the same thing now, you are going to be huge. And once you see them live, well, you're going to be blown away. So if you've never heard of Dirty Honey, go and check out their music. I think you're going to love them. If you love rock and roll, you're totally going to love them. And I made it as easy as I can make for you because with every episode of the Mistress Carrie podcast, there's a corresponding playlist. So just go in the show notes. The link's right there. And you can check out all of their music. They rock. I'm so happy that their new album is coming out. And I know that when they're allowed to get back out on the road and the rest of us are allowed to actually go and see concerts again, they are going to blow the doors off of every venue they go to. So allow me to introduce you to Mark and John from Dirty Honey. Hey, what's up? This is Sully from Godsmack. Strap on those boots, baby, because you are now in the trenches of the war room with the one and only Mistress Carrie right here on the Mistress Carrie podcast. What's up? This is Joe Rogan, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. I have so lovely... Hey, this is Brent from Shinedown. You're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hey, Carrie, go put your brow on, girl. Hey, this is Steven Tyler, and you'll be listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. What's up? This is Aaron from Stain, and you're listening to Mistress Carrie. Hi, everybody. This is Dave Grohl from the Food Fighters, and you're listening to the one, the only, 
Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is David from the band Disturbed. You're listening to the baddest bitch in Boston, Mistress Carrie. Hi, Bruce Dickinson here from Iron Maiden. Yes, indeed. Miss Whiplash herself, Mrs. Carrie, is here to um, unchain your brain. Hi, this is Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers. You're listening to Mistress Carrie. This is Dennis Leary. You are listening to my favorite, Mistress Carrie. Hey, this is Corey from Stone Sour, and you're listening to... You have the privilege of listening to Mistress Carrie. Where are you right now? Um, I am in my new studio. Welcome to MCHQ. Sick. Looks Sick. awesome. Thanks for horrible? coming on the show. Yeah, this is my home studio. This is my post WAF uh, workspace. I love it. Rest in peace. I know. I know. It, can you believe it's been over a year? It's crazy. Yeah. Well. Does WAAF no longer exist or just doesn't have a spot? No, I think it's like Christian radio now. Well, the the FM signal was sold. Yeah. And the company retained like the intellectual property, like the call letters, the logo, that kind of stuff. But basically all it is is like a streaming music channel now. It, It doesn't have DJs. It's not like a real radio station anymore. So we've all kind of branched out and started doing our own things. And the Mistress Carrie podcast launched last June. And as Mark is aware, my video show Cocktails in the War Room started last March. We just had not that long ago, our one year anniversary. We're almost 130 episodes in now. Wow. That is crazy. Isn't it Crap. nuts? Is that That's what you're awesome. doing now? Yeah. Podcast? Yeah. This is the podcast. Are you live, live? We're live. Yeah, live, we're recording, live. but. It, we're not that professional, so don't worry about it. Hey, Carrie, it's Mark, your manager. Hi. Nice you again. It's nice to see you. Thanks for putting them in one place long enough for me to talk to them today. Yeah, thanks for you, all your support. Hey, is I, I'm assuming AAF isn't doing their radio show this summer, right, or this fall? So the big gig um, was post, it was supposed to be in April of this year. It was just postponed to April 30th of next year. The promoter mass concerts is still putting on the show. Godsmack still scheduled to headline. And yeah, we were supposed to do that. I know the, the date is April 30th and I'm sure they're going to reach out to you guys about it, but, um, they're now it's going to be like a celebration of the 50 years of WAF and they're bringing Mike Shu and I back to host it. Let's go. Tell them, uh, tell them we need to be there. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for all your support. Yeah, of course. I'll, I'll, we'll make the phone calls. Just just call Thank me. We'll do lunch. Email, Captain. Jeez. See, <laughs> just like that, the managers just come in and just take over. I'm in. He's like, all right. We're at his, his uh his Yeah, we place. technically are on his turf, so I guess. So. Uh, it is amazing how crazy things have gotten for you guys since we met. I mean, seriously. Yeah, um, it was going to get a lot crazier, I think, and then uh, COVID happened. Yeah. So what are you going to do? Now I think it might even get crazier than it was going to get because the records are better. Well, that's what I was talking about. So back in 2019, we hear about this band, Dirty Honey, and you release an EP, and you're out on the road, and they, the, the powers that be call, and they're like, hey, the band's driving through Boston do you want to talk to them? And like, maybe they could come to the studio and play acoustic and stuff. You guys just had an EP out. We're on the road, had a day off and we're like, fuck it. Let's go to Boston. And you come in and blew everybody's mind away. 
that was a fun day. That I specifically really day, remember yeah. that day. I uh, not only meeting you for the first time, but just like we went to the Aerosmith house. Yeah, that, that was a little over. underwhelming. That was a little underwhelming. It's a plaque on a wall, but it's cool though. It's part of rock and roll history. It's like we had to do it. There was no yeah. not doing it. We yeah, had, I have my Aerosmith shirt on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we need uh, Aerosmith's got to do a little something better with that. Uh, Come on, guys. Spot. Come on. They can buy it and yeah. make it whatever. It should be like a whole museum at this point. Just buy the place. What I loved is that I meet you guys. You're a new band. You come in, you play acoustic. You get one of our video guys to like take you to the Aerosmith house because you don't know where the hell you're going. And then I get a message from the video guy and he's like, hey, the Dirty Honey guys are looking for some tickets to go see the Red Sox and Yankees at Fenway. And I'm like, who the fuck are these guys? Do they think it's that easy to get Sox Yanks tickets? Come on. Fortunately, we got them. We're already we got them. looking for favors. Yeah, we got them. Uh, a, a buddy of mine actually hooked us up um, out there and we wound up like four rows deep or something behind home plate. And then your face came up at the game on the billboard or whatever. So uh, that was, that was pretty cool. That yeah. was a good day. I tried cool. to get you tickets and I couldn't. And I, I messaged back and was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. I can't get you tickets. Next thing you know, I watch your Instagram and you're eating hot dogs at Fenway. And I'm like, those motherfuckers, they got tickets somehow. And then you message me and you're like, did you know you're on the Jumbotron at Fenway? <laughs> yeah, that was a good day. I thought you were going to go the other direction, though, with that anecdote and say that your video guy was helping our bass player buy weed. Well, somewhere. I was going to go there, but I didn't want to I didn't want to call you guys out. But it, it's legal. So, yeah, we don't. Care. Oh, he loves he is calling himself out. He is actively searching for endorsements. For his own his own Where strain of weed. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, he's got a guy uh, in Washington, dude. He's got this, this dude. guy in Washington just hooks him up every Gives time we him go through. Drop. It's so funny. Your <laughs> band name is like perfect. You should have a dirty honey strain of weed. You probably should. Yeah, the manager's gonna get right on that. Never yeah. You're welcome. Can I just get can I just get cut in? Like when you guys launch your weed, can you just sponsor the Mistress Carrie podcast? Because I want to be able to say the Mistress Carrie spot uh, the Mistress Carrie podcast sponsored by Dirty Honey Weed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the dirty, yeah, it is dirty fully, honey indica or whatever. It's fully legal in Mass. Yeah. Yeah. And the main it's kind of New England, basically, right? Yeah, or I mean it's Maine. You can go to the dispensaries now. Like it just, you get a pot license, like you get a liquor license and you can open up and you can even grow your own. I think you're limited to like six or 12 plants per adult in the household or something. So it's totally I don't legal. smoke, so that doesn't help me too much. I don't smoke he, too much either. Yeah, he does. But That's Justin true. smokes enough for literally everybody in rock and roll probably. So it's just, yeah, he's, he's going to keep the whole industry afloat. For Whatever. Right Whatever you want to do to get through the pandemic. If you got to smoke some weed, drink some wine, Eat yeah. a bunch of cheese, like whatever it is that you got to do. This his whole life's been a John's notorious for that at the shows. Yeah. We get a like meat and cheese platter, and that's fucking thing. It's it's called it's a charcuterie tray, gentlemen. If you're, <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you're gonna be rock stars, <laughs> you have to, to be charcuterie. <laughs> yeah, you gotta. I mean, you're getting ready to release your full length record, so it, it it's gone from the meat and cheese tray to the charcuterie tray. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. So you, yeah, we're we're leaving like the the what is it out there, Hannaford's level, and we're gonna get up to or or stop and shop. Yeah, stop have? and shop, Hannaford, Shaw's. We're getting, we're getting above that, and we're gonna get to I don't know. 
Select. Trader Joe's gets selected. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you guys are going Whole Foods. Huh? So you've you've heard the record. Yes. Well, I've heard some of the record. I've not heard oh, all of the record. Sometimes people don't want to send me the whole thing because they're afraid that I'm going to do something nefarious with it. You got to tweet it. Yeah, you got to tweet it. So so you got the wire tied up another last another time last in California. California. I don't think favorite? I got I didn't get all of those. Okay. No, but you can send them to me if you want. Oh, I won't okay. I won't tweet them to anyone. <laughs> But, to an hour from but I did yeah. obviously hear the single because California Dreamin' yeah. is out and I saw the video and I looked at it and I was like, oh my God, they're like, like, I don't want this to come out wrong, but I was so proud of you. Like you guys, you look like the rock stars I know you are and the video looked great and the song sounds great. And I was just like, yes. This is this is exactly what they needed to do. I was so happy for you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. we try and stay away from the uh, the obvious, um, like stereotypical. I, I don't know, grunge, play in the garage type music video thing. You know, just always kind of felt like we're a band from LA. Um, Obviously, this town is known for great cinematography as a movie and TV and entertainment industry stuff and kind of wanted to raise the bar on the, the music video creative and execution, if you will. And, you know, we have a great group of friends that are cinematographers that are willing to take that challenge on, you know. Um, You're a band from L.A., however, you are plus one mass hole. Don't take him away from us. <laughs> you gotta let us keep a little bit of that massachusetts in there and you know if no, you're yeah. gonna tell people you're a, a la band you can also now tell everybody you're a boston band because we've adopted you aerosmith is a boston band but steven yeah. tyler's from the bronx i think yonkers it, yeah like, it's it's it is it's all it good. Is. yeah yeah, yeah. we don't you're, you're it's wherever you met right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but but no matter what, Bostonians are going to claim something, whether it's really ours or not. And because yep. we've been there with you since the beginning, we're just going to tell everyone you're a Boston band. And whether or not it's true, not our problem, bro. We'll You're claiming Tom Brady. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, he's always going to be ours. I don't care how many rings he wins in Tampa Bay. No, it's, it's the Tampa Bay's winning with some Patriots the way I look at it. I mean, seriously, it's the New England Patriots South. Let's be honest. <laughs> and I love the fact that you guys are so connected with all of your cinematography friends and stuff because I was showing you MCHQ, my studio, because of the lockdown last year, I had a lot of audio engineer friends that really weren't doing anything. So I called them up and I was like, do you guys mind putting some masks on and coming over and wiring my home studio for me? Yeah. Was that kind of the same phone call with the music video? Like, I know you guys aren't really doing too much. Can you make a video for us? Um, I've actually been in touch with them. We've been doing stuff with them um, all throughout the pandemic. We did a couple of suitcase sessions, videos where we like played acoustic on top of a mountain. Um, you know, and they're, they're like us, you know, they're like, looking for stuff to do um and they're pretty busy honestly um they work a lot but you know when it's something that's cool and 
you know, has a creative challenge to it, they're usually down and. And they're really pro. I mean, like we're kind of downplaying how dope they really are. But the cool thing is it, it, we didn't just go call the dope guys. You know, we didn't say, hey, who's the best? They're up and, and coming. In their they're own up right. and coming. And it's the, the owner, Scott, I mean, he's just been a, as far he's been a kid at our gigs. Forever. Forever. Yeah. Just he's just come through, he's quiet, he hangs. He's like when we're playing a crappy bar and he's been friends with Mark for a long time. So, you know, yeah. it, it, he's he's part of the fam, so to speak. You know what I mean? And always has been, yeah. always will be. And uh yeah, so he was really, one of the first people it, I met out here. Was, was that fun. makes it really cool to me. Because it's just like everybody like, oh, cool. sort of is the, the the tide is rising together, you know, and, and it's it's cool to see him working with bigger artists and, you know, yeah. and, and when it came time for us to do something legit, he was the first call. I'd yeah, I made, yeah. You know? Well, I feel like I'm kind of reinventing myself too, even though I've been in the business for so long. It's like, there's the whole generation of bands that came up with me when I started my radio career. And now I'm getting introduced to a whole new generations of, of bands while I'm diving headfirst into my podcasting career. So it's like, I'm starting all over again too, and it's it's really cool. Yeah. yeah. What what uh what other good new bands are you uh, getting exposed to? I'm like curious. Um, I talked to Aaron Jones, who's not really hey. brand new, but he's just fantastic. Yeah. Um, I talked to the guys from Bliss Creek, um, Escape the Fate, From Ashes to New. Like, there's a lot of great bands out there, and and more coming. I mean, I, that's what I was going to ask you guys. Every band I've talked to over the last year plus has been super nervous or debated back and forth about, do you release a new record right now? Mm. And especially last year, a lot of bands didn't want to release a record because they couldn't tour on it. Some bands released it just because they wanted to give their fans something. You mm. guys had already had your EP out and then you took this time to write a record. Was there any discussion about pushing pushing the release date off until the fall when it would be a little bit easier for you guys to tour? I'm psyched it's coming out now. This fall, you no, no, no yeah, it, we we wanted to get it out. This like, is already the pushback. Yeah, we wanted <laughs> yeah. to have stuff out. I think of like May of, of last year. So um, you know, yeah. our, our fans <laughs> waited plenty long enough for us to to put out some new stuff. And now that it's finally here and, you know, COVID gave us a little more time to, to dial in what we were doing and find ourselves and create more like quality material that we were all proud of. So um, I don't think they'll be disappointed with the, um, the weight, not only the weight, but the product they waited for. So tell me how the downtime and COVID influenced the record. What's different about it than if you had come out with it when you had originally planned on it? We may have just come out with an EP. If, if For sure, I think. I think we would. We were really under the gun and we were really, it was like good problems to have. We had a really busy schedule lined up. So there wasn't going to be extra room to make it longer, really, uh, in 2020. And I think how it, well, California Dreaming is a direct result of having extra time. That was the last one to come together. I wrote that riff literally with just my free time because I had free time and I have a studio. So I just went in there and kind of like, I'm going to be in the studio all day. Let's see what comes out. And that was one of the things that came out that for sure was not even, 
a twinkle in our eye <laughs> uh, when we were originally going to go into the studio. So was it well, not that was that didn't exist? It didn't exist. Yeah, I remember he showed me that riff, and I was yeah. like, "Hell yeah!" That would, that one more than anything from Inception was a quarantine baby. So. Oh, and I, yeah. I would say the other one, another last time was definitely also a quarantine baby. And so it was No yeah. Warning. There's a song called No Warning, no warning coming out. That was a riff I've been tooling around with and knew I only had a good That's, riff. Yeah. It was just a riff, you know, it wasn't anything. And, and had I not had the time to find the melodies, you know, to, to make it work, That's it wouldn't exist. Is that how it usually works with you guys? Tell me your process about where the songs come from. Is it that someone brings an idea or do you have lyrics already done and you're looking for the right music? How does it start? It's usually, I think almost every time it's been music that sparks the lyric melody. Unless he writes the song himself, which has been a few songs where he wrote the whole thing himself, like down the road and another last time and had no warning. Yeah. But no, no warning. No warning was more similar in yeah. that it was, it usually starts it with actually a started, riff. Yeah. You know, you got to have that, that initial like thing that grabs you to say, I want to even work on this, you know, to take it somewhere. Um, and that was like sparked by almost like another song. Yeah. Like it was like going to be another song. And then it just like, you, the steps are, are crazy. You, you just have to be open. Um, and you never know when I mean open, like, even like you might have an idea that you think's great. And the more you work on it in the middle of working on it, I could accidentally noodle something greater. And then all of a sudden that's the song we're working on and we're no longer working. Yeah. Or, yeah. You know, totally. or like the idea for the bridge we realize is like just better than the whole song. So now that's the song. And, and, um, like no warning was kind of like that. It started as this whole other thing and we could never find a riff. Then he wrote the riff and was like, well, now that's, that's now reinforming the whole flavor. And that's just the story of that song. So oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. That took a crazy left it turn. Took a crazy so. left turn for the better, for sure. But, but mostly I think generically it starts with somebody submitting a riff, which is most of the time me, but he's submitted some gems and Justin submitted, submitted a, uh, a gem and um you know it's everyone can wear that hat if they it, it, it's open like that yeah so how are the you right Oop, go ahead i was just saying like you know like i i think john when, when he knows he's hit something i usually either get a call or like a wink like hey check this out yeah and and he's confident about it when it's when it's that good so tell me about how you were writing during the lockdown were you guys hold up together were you doing zoom like no we didn't give a shit or anything we, <laughs> we thought we just got together like we didn't care we just whatever we were literally in a room smaller than the room you're in right now probably all together we didn't give a shit we were just <laughs> it's fine. not me just kidding no uh, we well were, we all knew we were just basically doing nothing and sitting in our apartment so it'd be like you want to come over and rehearse? Well, a lot of bands did that. They ju- it's about creating your bubble, right? So it's like you get the people that you're going to be in a bubble with, and why wouldn't you get a band together and be in a bubble together and work on new music? I mean, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And then then when we work together, um, it kind of functions that way anyway. Like, how, you know, someone has an idea, you just send it to the other person anyway. Because you sort of want to 
you don't want to go too far if, if you don't know your bandmates like it or not, you know? Yeah. So. Um, Tell me about the meeting of coming up with the amazing title for the album. It, I just thought it was so fresh and so different. And I was just like, wow, those guys really. The Cream album. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was more the uh, the idea behind it. It was just, we kind of had, I had this whole elaborate, like, art in my head of it was almost like a time capsule that what the album cover should be of like the last year and then we were kind of like but does anybody really want to be reminded of everything that's gone on this year when we get out of this and then the, the music didn't really didn't reflect the, the chaos of the year um so we started throwing titles around and just, there were so many different angles. You'd come out with all the things we had, and I was just like, I just literally thought the cream looked awesome with the logo, and I was like, why don't we just do a cream fucking album cover with the logo? And like, that looks amazing and classic. And um, no, but I mean the actual album title, like LP. Yeah, like when I went to name my podcast. I went through a bunch of different names and I was working on a bunch of stuff and everybody I talked to was like, if you name it anything other than the Mistress Carrie podcast, you're a fucking idiot. Like there's just a certain time where you just, you just have to put your name on it and have that be it. Yeah. And I, yeah, it's just the music. And we just felt that having the black EP and then the cream LP had more continuity as our body of works than trying to use a song title for one of the names as that was an idea. And then this song title, and then we were trying to find lyrics that stood out that might, and then it just kind of, it just got all too thinky and we realized yeah, it ultimately we were like, oh, this is just a banging LP. Let's just call it that. <laughs> let the music. Yeah. That's so I was just going to say, don't say, let the music do the talk and you Aerosmith head. <laughs> a, a song like nobody knows about. Yeah. <laughs> I love that song yeah. but yeah it's just gotta it just does, let the body of work speak for itself really. it does actually say banging but in visible letters <laughs> yeah. what were you guys doing to keep yourselves occupied during the lockdown when you weren't working on the record and weren't working on music were you guys were you playing Candyland in your studio like what the hell were you doing I bought a I bought a basketball hoop like a you know a two hundred dollar one put it in the street old school style started playing hoops again um, got into camping you know and and like just that out here they call it like dispersed camping with AKA just camp somewhere in the woods um, <laughs> so yeah that was really fun I mean and with nothing to do it'd be like we went out for like three days and we're like let's we'll stay for a couple more days and then stay for a couple more days and then you know. You went and did a lot of traveling in the woods, like you. Yeah, did. I was like riding, riding through, um, like Montana and Utah and Yellowstone on my motorcycle and running from grizzly bears. Got into me and a buddy are really into riding and doing wildlife photography, and um, we've just found this great sweet spot in Grand Teton where there's like grizzly bears like everywhere. Um, that seems like a good idea on a motorcycle. It was awesome. I went up to Alaska and. Uh, rode through Denali National Park and just came way too close to a grizzly bear there. But yeah, Wyoming was a pretty insane grizzly encounter. Um, yeah, my blood, 
My heart rate has never been so high. I bet. The pucker factor is like 10. I ran faster than I've ever run in my life. And they didn't laugh you. No, they wanted this dead elk that was... Um, I was I was very near and uh, well. They always say you don't have to be, you don't have to run fast. You just have to run faster than the other guy. So fortunately, I was alone, and there are three grizz um, within way too close of proximity. Yeah, what is uh, it? Yeah, you just have to be faster than the slowest camper. Yeah, it was fun though. We had a good time. Good, good way to waste a week. Yeah, just to get away. It seems like it. Um, yeah. I know that you guys, uh, so the the record's coming out April 23rd, and I know that I don't have you very long, so I'm going to ask you now, like, before the record comes out, will you guys all get together and come in the war room with everybody again? Will you, will you jump on Skype with us and come in the war room and have a drink and celebrate the release? You had me at drink. Down. Absolutely. Okay. Well, Mark did it before, but he was by himself, so now I want you guys to all come in the war room because everybody... I mean, we just had our year anniversary and, and everybody in the war room is like, how are those guys doing? So they're going to be super psyched that you ended up on the podcast, but you got to come in. I want to have a little record release party for you in the war room. Sick. Let's do it. Um, and I got to ask you this question. I started asking every band I talked to this question and the answers have been fascinating. So I've decided I'm asking everyone this question as songwriters, regardless of artist genre, era, whatever. Tell me the song you wish you wrote. Okay. Uh. It's a lot of pressure. There's a lot of songs out there, but I want to know which one you wish you wrote and why. I could maybe give you three. Okay, one, I'll take three. One would be Dream On. The other would be Heartbreaker by Led Zeppelin. Probably the greatest riff of all time, I would say. I had to pick one riff. Pretty good. It's a good Pretty riff. Good. And maybe I'm a maze, Paul McCartney. That's a great song. I, I love that song, yeah. I can't do I can't do this one. It's too many. There's too many that come to my head. Well, I, so give me a couple. What it doesn't I mean, I'm not gonna carve this in granite and hold you to it for the rest of your life. But because I'm not a songwriter and not a musician, I love the answers that I get from artists and musicians because you're coming at it from a songwriter's perspective, not just the fan. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I wish, I've always wished I wrote the riff Heartbreaker. Uh, not to take one of his, but that Led Zeppelin too was like the first album that made me want to play guitar. So I definitely wish I wrote that riff. Um... That's a, a great riff. I always struggle between Walk This Way and Heartbreaker. I just think are those two riffs just have so much swag to me. Wish I wrote them all. Yeah. I don't know. I can't. I, I feel too on the spot. I can't do it. Too many songs. <laughs> just too many. I don't know. <laughs> it is funny, like, when you really start thinking about it. Like, if someone doesn't ask you that question... You, you kind of know it. Yeah. You could come up with it. But when someone asks you the question, it's like when you start thinking about all the songs you love. Yeah, dude. Yeah. It's just, there's, I mean, I used to cover maybe I'm amazed and that is an amazing song. So good. Yeah. The song, like just that's musicians, like 
a knowledge of music there that's like crazy chord changes and stuff. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's, yeah, and there's like a lot of Stevie Wonder songs that I th have that element to it, where it's like it doesn't sound nerdy, but it really is. Yeah. Well, that's why a songwriter's perspective is different than a fan's perspective, because sometimes the intricacies of the craft get lost on a fan, but another songwriter picks up on things, the subtleties yeah. of it. I mean, I kind of wish I wrote Life's Been Good, but I just love Joe Walsh's personality and how he is able to connect three seemingly unrelated ideas in that song. <laughs> I, you know, um, I wish I wrote that song. I kind of wish I wrote every power ballad ever. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know, they, they do make money. Not the super cheesy ones, you know, but like the she talks, ones. I, twice as hard would be a good one. Great riff. Sick chorus. Uh, yeah, that's great fucking song. And the royalties when people keep covering it don't suck either. Yeah, that's that helps. I mean, dude, I wish I wrote Hallelujah by what's his name? Uh, Leonard Cohen. I mean, that's a perfect song. That's a perfect that's a perfected piece of music. Well, I wish I wrote I wish I wrote uh, half of Back in Black too. I think that album is perfect music as well. It doesn't make any sense that a band as huge as ACDC could change lead singers and come out with arguably their best and biggest album. Oh, it's definitely the best and biggest album for sure. I, I mean, don't know. as a band, you know how hard it is to replace any member, but especially a lead singer like that. And then you come out with back in black. It's like, what the fuck? One little fact. I, I got to talk to Brian a little bit during quarantine and he told me that they toured on the back and black record for three weeks before the record even came out and he would be sitting there on stage you know kind of this new guy you know in the band and everybody's obviously judging him and malcolm would like turn to me and be like yeah mate let's play back in black right now let's really give him a kick in the ass Anyway, all right. So he's like singing back in black and shook me all night long and shoot to throw. Nobody knows these songs yet for three weeks. And then um, he, he said he remembered they were in Syracuse when um, some famous DJ uh, came on and was like, I'm debuting a record that's going to change everybody's lives in here. And, and then it all turned. Can you imagine being at one of those first three weeks of ACDC shows and hearing back in black? And, crazy. and not knowing what it was. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. I can't imagine I can't imagine being the singer in that band having to deal with all that. And yeah, the, the history is crazy. Yeah. Well, I know you guys gotta run, so I gotta let you go, but um it was really good to see you. Congratulations on the record. I'm so glad that not only the world is starting to open back up, but that you guys have a whole full-length album coming out and that hopefully we're going to be able to get you back in town and see you in person again, which would be amazing. Fingers crossed. Yeah, we agree. Thanks for the support and thanks great for to listening talk to you again. Tunes. And yeah. we'll, uh, we'll be doing some shots sooner than later. I'm going to call you guys. I want to have your record release party in the war room for sure. Good deal. All right. Here's the shots. 
guys. See you later. Tell the rest of the guys I said hi. Be well. There they are, Mark and John from Dirty Honey. I seriously could not love those guys anymore. And the new record, self-titled, comes out next Friday, April 23rd. You gotta check out the corresponding playlist that is linked in the show notes of this podcast because it is filled with ACDC, Aerosmith, of course, Dirty Honey, and all of the other songs that they said they wish they wrote, which I know is a really hard question. If you liked what you heard, don't forget to hit subscribe and follow the Mistress Carrie podcast so you don't miss anything. New episodes come out every Wednesday. Plus, every weekday, you get the Situation Report. You get all your music headlines and rock news in the sit rep in under five minutes every weekday. And if you don't mind, give us a five-star review. And don't forget to leave a comment because I want to know what you guys thought about the episode. All of the band's links are in the show notes as well if you're looking for more info on Dirty Honey. And I even linked the episode of Cocktails in the War Room when Mark LaBelle joined us in the middle of lockdown last year. Thanks once again to our sponsors, Digital Federal Credit Union at dcu.org and mistresscarry.com. The Mistress Carrie podcast is a proud member of the Pantheon Podcast Network.